Welcome to the REL Talk Show, where we get up close with some of the greatest business minds in APAC as they answer 10 questions about marketing, business, leadership, and management. Discover how current trends combine with timeless marketing principles for undisputed business success and become a marketing leader to go beyond your farthest ambitions. So get ready for some real talk with leaders in 10 questions with your host, Vineet Rajan. We are with Anirban Basu, who has been a sales and a marketing professional for the last 14 years, post-majoring in economics from Delhi University and his MBA in marketing from SIBM Pune, Anirban has worked with some of the most iconic global consumer brands and companies like GlaxoSmithKline, PepsiCo and Danone, both in India and international markets. He was shortlisted as one of the best FMCG marketers in India by Impact Magazine in 2016. Currently, Anirban is the Global Innovation Director at Danone and based in Bangkok, Thailand. His key professional interests include brand building, driving the PNL and market share, coaching and building diverse teams, and managing complex business challenges. Apart from his corporate job, Anirban is also a startup mentor and an angel investor. He is also associated with several universities as a guest speaker, guest faculty member, and board advisor. Welcome to the show, Anirban. Great to have you on the episode of Show. Hi, Vineet. So happy to be here. Super. So, Anirban, uh, we've already spoken, you know, a lot about who you are, what you do. Let's kind of dive in. What uh, What is Anirban Basu like as a marketer? Well, that's a tough one. So, Anirban Basu, the marketer, if I have to explain about myself from the lens of somebody who has worked with me would probably be that I'm a no bullshit marketer. And what I mean by that is throughout my career, I have seen a lot of inspiring work from my colleagues, from competition and so on. And I've seen that, you know, marketing work can be segregated into two buckets, ones which win awards and ones which win business. And you can very safely classify me in the second bucket. So I truly believe marketing is a very, very strategic function in an organization. Marketing drives strategy and drives business. And the sole purpose of the existence of a marketing department is to create demand today and tomorrow and drive business. So that's probably what is Anirban Basu as a marketer. It really started off with my love for consumer goods, my love for FMCG as a, as a category. And I was extremely privileged and grateful to actually break into uh, this industry very earlier in my career. And uh, since then, I have continued to kind of be from started off starting off in sales and then I moved on to marketing. Uh, I have always had a love for media planning as a subject. And we have always been privileged to grow up in a day and age in India where we have seen the media landscape really shape up in a very, very different way. It's evolved very, very fast. So that's something which has kept me really glued on as a, as a learning marketer. And I would say something which sets me apart, I definitely love working with teams, uh, both within the organization and beyond. So I love bringing people together for a common mission. Uh, and that's probably my secret sauce. You know, I love putting the ecosystem of marketing together, working with agencies, working with different 
thought partners, thought leaders, and that's what uh, I am as a marketer. Very interesting. I love the bit about being the no bullshit marketer. I think there is so much noise out there. And that's precisely what we're trying to do with the show as well to declutter the noise and get real marketing stories. So Anirban, you mentioned about, you know, how you really were passionate about FMCG. So could you tell us how you got here in in the position where you are right now? So what was your journey like? And if somebody were to kind of reach where you are, what is the career path they should ideally follow? Definitely. So very happy to share with you my experience of my journey, uh, but also very important to count one's blessings and acknowledge the privileges that one has also enjoyed. So I went to a great college, Symbiosis Pune, where we, you know, we were probably one batch apart, Vineet. And in that college, when we were doing our master's, FMCG sector was seen as this very aspirational sector to work in. We had some of these very, very big companies coming on campus for campus recruitments. And that's really where the love for FMCG companies, because they were the most difficult ones to get into as a job prospect, they became much more aspirational in our minds. Secondly, when one does career specialization in marketing, you are always, you know, part of, big part of your curriculum is actually going through television commercials. And many of these television commercials would be the Pepsi Colas or the Coca Colas of the world, uh, where again, these are from the FMCG industry and they make you fall in love with the world of advertising and consumers, right? So that started, that love story started off very early on for me. And then I went on to have a very lucky break in my summer internship with a company called GlaxoSmithKline, the makers of Horlicks back then. Of course, Horlicks is now owned by a different brand. So I started off in the sales department of uh, GSK Consumer Healthcare. I always wanted to be a marketeer, but I found suddenly myself uh, at a sales role. I did that for about four years and I was very clear that eventually I have to become a marketeer. And then I very carefully made certain career moves, even switched companies from GSK to PepsiCo, where I thought the movement from sales to marketing was a little bit more smoother and easier. So I moved from GSK to Pepsi. I had to move cities. I have to move with my whole family. Uh, to actually get into Pepsi. And in Pepsi, I did a BTL marketing role first, which is below the line marketing, trade marketing. And eventually I found myself knocking on the doors of brand marketing. I got a break to work on two very scale brands, Slice and Aquafina. So I worked on those two brands for a couple of years, more than a couple of years. And then I found this very interesting opportunity to move cities again to a different company where I work today, Danone. A very, very big French food and beverage major. And they were actually looking for a FMCG marketeer to make their very, very medicalized brands translate into consumerized brands. So I really loved that challenge when they spoke to me for the first time. And then I uh, quickly moved companies. So I, I worked with Pepsi for more than four years. <laughs> and then I moved to Danone. And since then, I have been working at different marketing positions. Then I moved on to a country management role because I have always also wanted to lead businesses and lead teams. So I moved to a country management role in Myanmar, followed following where I am today. So I am right now in an innovation commercialization role where I'm managing innovation portfolio for a large geography in Danone. Wow. That's been a very quick summary, Anirban, of the last 
14 years of your working life i'm yes, guessing 14, 14 years, years you're right we need wow so in these 14 years anirban what do you think has been like the biggest shift in marketing management i think the biggest shift uh, in marketing management is the level of digitization and the availability of data when we first started our marketing careers we did not have so many data points to talk about consumer journey was something which was still very very vaguely understood and media companies and you know insights companies they had a field run because you know they had they had little data that everybody would want a piece of and everybody would try to make their decisions based on very very limited knowledge of the consumers today we have a situation where our learning about the consumer is so much more dynamic and so much faster so i can actually launch a product today in the market do a bit of testing bring back the proposition back on the drawing board within a month and relaunch an improved product something like this was absolutely not even possible because of access issues because of you know data management issues technology issues perhaps about 10 15 years back so that's probably the biggest shift that i have seen secondly i would say the media landscape that has been the second frontier where we have seen a lot of changes so i'll probably not bore your listeners by talking about how important to the digital marketing is we all spend so much of our time on social media and other stuff on the digital environment so today a lot of the marketing has actually gone from offline to online where again data plays a huge role we can we can do testing real time we can understand consumer responses real time and we can adapt ourselves our campaigns so much faster so those are the two things that i would say would have changed uh, drastically over the last 10 15 years powered by data both of them very true data and the media landscape so what do you think you have done differently to stay ahead of the curve and let's be honest and not too modest i think what you have done in the last so many years and where you've got is remarkable so could you tell us more about that thank you so much vinit i think uh, it's important for youngsters who are listening to this podcast to first of all have their own definition of success yes i would agree if one looks at my journey from a corporate standpoint i would call myself yes moderate to you know pretty well successful in a 14 15 year horizon uh, at the same time you know i think it's also important to understand just like you know our facebook lives are not our entire reality the same goes with our linkedin as well right so there are a lot of sacrifices and price that you pay sometimes also at the personal front to get where you are so what have i done to stay ahead of the curve so first of all i've taken my risks if you if you look at my profile i have moved cities every 2 years pretty much i have never lived in a city for more than 2 to 1 and a half years that has always made me available for new opportunities i have kept on moving however i have also paid a price because of that because of this you know my spouse has not been able to craft an equally successful if i may argue kind of a career she has had to move from one job to the other to keep the family together so that's a personal sacrifice that both of us have made uh, more probably for my spouse second would be you know also our relationship so you know in any of the cities that we have lived in we have had we have invested emotionally in friendships and relationships 
and suddenly we've had to uproot ourselves every two years and go to a new city adapt ourselves to the new culture new home new language and, and do the whole thing all together right so that's what i have done to stay ahead of the curve but definitely it has come at the cost of a uh, lot of personal sacrifices and uh, of course price that you pay along the way yes but but i'm sure that there are no regrets when you kind of look back and connect the dots i i would not say regret but if i was have if if i would have a chance to completely ask for a wish list what would i have wished for better probably i would have said what if i had fought for the same kind of career opportunities within the same city hmm. today you know i'll give you a personal anecdote today my daughter is 5 months old she was born here in bangkok we live in bangkok today but my mother who lives in india she cannot travel to bangkok because of the pandemic right so my mother has not even seen her grand grandchild and it's been 5 months oh. so those are you know again do i have regrets probably not a regret but can things been better of course so you know when you pay a price along the way you you kind of tend to think could i could i have managed with paying a lesser price so yeah anirban uh, i'm sure you know wherever you've got so far there has to be a management style that works for you could you tell us more about that aspect of your work i am fearlessly empowering to the point of being ridiculous at times i have a simple mantra that if i don't hear from my team it means that they are in control and they are managing the show they have full license to reach out to me any time of the day or the night if there is a crisis if there is no crisis you don't need to come and give me reports or updates or reviews just so that i am on top of things so what i do is i get reviews done whenever i need them to stay in control of a particular topic but i don't generally schedule things every week or a month just to review someone's work so i actually expect a lot of accountability from my teams i let them actually enjoy that accountability that empowerment uh, and at the same time i think it keeps things simple for me and my team as well so i try to keep our calendars clean i don't believe in doing too many meetings at the same time i am always available for my teams uh, emotionally and you know perhaps nowadays not possible physically because i have teams across so many geographies today but that's how that's how i operate so you don't speak to me i don't speak to you i assume everything is fine that's my management mantra wow it also i think comes from a place of very high amount of trust in your team and i think that that is also returned in due kind yes i mean uh, th- there are team members who have worked with different kind of managers and of course everybody has their own personal style it's not that i my style is the best uh, this is what keeps me in control i have team members who feel very uneasy when i don't review their work regularly because they are not confident of their own self wherein you know i try to always empower them with the fact that look you are the subject matter expert if you don't know you're not in control i'll probably be equally you know good as you however my expertise lies as i told you earlier is being in a generalist i i come from a marketing sales business pnl background so i have connections in the business i have an understanding of our overall business so where i come in is i am a sponsor of all your work so when you find roadblocks in your day to day work 
I am the one who gets doors opened. I am the one who gets things connected or pick up the phone and remove a roadblock. So I give them the full authority to use me in that way. At the same time, yes, you could say that I trust people very, very easily. That that's something that hardwired into me. And and again, it's not the best thing to be as a person or as a leader, but that's what I am. Dear listeners, we'd like to take a minute to put in a word from our partner and podcast host, Hub Hopper. Hub Hopper Studio is India's leading podcast creation platform. You can start podcasting with Hub Hopper Studio and get your voice heard across platforms like Spotify, Ghana, Google Podcasts, Wink Music, and more. So click on the link in the episode description or visit www.hubhopperstudio.com. Great. So quickly talk about you know your work. What does it mean to be an innovation director? for the non that's a wonderful question so i have now been in this role for one and a half years and uh, to be honest i am also still searching for the right answer but let me still attempt okay so a okay. uh, few years back a uh, lot of companies across the world they realize that innovation projects you know so there are stages in an innovation project it starts off as a consumer trend then it becomes a product or a project idea and then this idea becomes a project where you build resources together and you bring in teams together and then the project delivers an outcome which is a product or a service in the market so really three stages idea project delivery mm-hmm. then we realize that in the in the last few years typically these kind of projects were being led and by were commercialized by marketing people which is not their core job marketers are good at consumer work marketers are good at media planning marketers are good at inciting they are perhaps not the best people when it comes to putting together a very efficient cross functional team to work on a project and then we realized across the industry that project management is a specialized skill set that one requires so a lot of organizations have actually now hived off innovation commercialization as a separate function which sits outside of marketing today same is the case for denon today so we have an innovation team which sits outside of marketing and we are a bunch of generalists and project management specialists our job is to bring together the right people in cross functional teams manage projects and deliver those projects on time on budget which is pretty much the way projects are managed in many big organizations today so that's what it means to be an innovation director and of course we have an organization there are different levels of hierarchy uh, i am part of the innovation team within the nutrition division and i handle a team and a geography wow that's a very quick summary and i must say anirban that's it's not as vague as you you know mentioned it would be it's actually pretty precise it's precise on paper but you know in one line we need to do everything and anything which is required to make a project happen on time on budget now the anything and everything that i just said in my previous sentence is extremely vague it can range from aligning very very senior stakeholders from from there to probably a very different kind of a roadblock where i'm trying to get the right pricing of some of my ingredients you know so that's the range of uh, work which is involved in this and hence it's still a very very vague playground where we have to manage our work got it 
So Anirban, in this particular role of yours, I'm sure you would have overcome many unique challenges. And, you know, even if I step away from the role, let's talk about innovation marketing. Mm-hmm. What are the kind of challenges one would face in a field like this? I'll probably have to go back to my earlier marketing hat where I was managing large portfolio of brands and some of them happen to have innovation launches in the market. Now for innovation launches, the usual challenge is a marketer won't have right clarity about how much money to invest on an innovation launch vis-a-vis safeguarding your core existing portfolio. And as we know, resources are always limited. So having that right balance is always the most critical question. The easiest way to overcome this challenge is to understand whether the new launch is also going to rub off or have a you know halo impact on the core portfolio, the existing portfolio, or is the new innovation launch a completely different trademark or a different franchise altogether, which will not have a halo impact? That's most important question. The second most important question would be the voice of the consumers. If the innovation is designed to create market share in the future and is seen as something which, unless not done, would put the category and the company in pressure for market share in the future, then you are in a situation to utilize these consumer voices to build resources within the organization. So I don't know if I'm being very clear about it, but you know, imagine today you are having 100 rupees and you have a brand A that you are managing. Tomorrow, in the next year, you will probably not have much more than 100 rupees to spend again on the next year, but you have a brand A and also you're relaunching or launching a new brand B. When you do that, you have to definitely make very, very strong choices, resourcing choices. So do I do a 90-10? Do I do an 80-20? Or do I do a 100 and 0? I just launch something without advertising and promotion and I expect the innovation to work on its own. So having the right resource allocation balance, that is the biggest challenge uh, that I have faced in my career when it comes to innovation marketing. Very interesting. Uh, I wanted to touch upon innovation marketing because I think that it has been a step for you to kind of get here. Absolutely. Uh, And uh, innovation marketing is something that, you know, every brand marketer would do somewhere during his or her career. I think from the time time memorial actually it's not even bucketed to your college years or your working years what three marketing campaigns kind of really stand out and have really inspired you i think three campaigns which have really inspired me or at least put a smile on my face because you know when i talk about marketing campaigns i like to not over intellectualize them and i like to look at them as consumers yeah so yeah when i we talk about the first one i think the first one would be pepsi changed the game wherein we had this very very famous campaign during the 2011 world cup and we had the helicopter shot and the uppercut and the ulta palti shot and you know so i i loved how they really broke up the game of cricket into fantastic disruptive mnemonics that has stayed mm-hmm. with the consumers uh, thereafter even today, when Dhoni plays that flat batted shot, you know, just below his legs and he whips them off for a six, you know, hitting a Yorker for yeah. a six, 
it is called the it's helicopter. called a helicopter shot right yes, yes and it was coined by that campaign so you know it is so amazing campaigns you know they have the power to find their way into pop lingo you know for me that's the biggest you know aha moment for any any brand manager or any campaign manager you know when you when you start becoming a part of the popular lingo the popular vocabulary then you have already made it so change the game definitely was one campaign happened the same year as the year i joined pepsi so i was a sales guy still then uh, i had nothing to do with that campaign wow. but i love that campaign the second one would be the you know the very very well known vodafone zuzu campaign and i think they milked that campaign for close to 5 6 years again why i love that campaign i think apart from their media strategy of really buying high decibel and you know high viewership properties it's just the disruption of the mnemonic itself i mean people had not seen something like a zuzu ever in their lives before and everybody was talking about and and the storytelling and using the zuzus the kind of stories they ended up telling mm-hmm. starting with how you can done a recharge or how easy it is to get your kyc done i mean the stories of the zuzus were telling it made it so engaging so boring stories being told in an engaging manner using a very disruptive mnemonic i mean you've nailed yeah. it so i i love that for that reason and the third one to me would be the famous happy dent commercials you know where the guy is on the lamp post and you know he's flashing a grin and you know it the street lights up uh, this yeah. advertising of course you know it got into trouble for all the all different reasons because the world was a different world back then today it's seen is a very different light of course you know we talk about human rights and we talk about equality and so on but back then i was a student and you know for, when i first saw it it put a smile on my face you know it brings out the product truth in a very very unique way so you know happy dent is a is a gum that you chew and it makes your teeth whiter uh, i mean it how can you market a category uh, like that create disruption without getting too scientific and getting too boring i mean look at what they did they made a beautiful commercial out of it it became a talking point in in indian media for a while and of course then it got into trouble for probably the right reasons etc etc the world was again as i'm saying was a different place today we are much more much more i would say suave and we are much more observant and we are much more aware we have much more vocabulary to talk about these social issues but i think back then it was a fantastic disruptive commercial so those were my three shortlisted ones so change the game pepsi vodafone zuzu and happy dent you know flashing the green and the headlight comes on yeah Wow thanks for that Anirban in fact for everyone listening to the show we'll add links to those videos and campaigns for you to check out in the descriptions so Anirban we spoke about these three campaigns now what do you think makes a marketing campaign successful for you and what metrics do you kind of look at absolutely you know in the beginning of our interaction i said i am a no bullshit marketer so but i ended up giving you names of three campaigns which probably won a lot of awards okay but let me tell you these three campaigns also won a lot of business for these companies so pepsi vodafone happy dent if you talk to people in these companies they'll tell you that these were some of their most iconic campaigns because of business results and of course you know uh, they went on to win a lot of creative awards etc which is always a bonus right so for me campaigns should do two or three things you know successful campaign should always lead to measurable business growth which is predefined before a campaign and business growth could be in terms of sales volume it could be in terms of equity measures in the mind it could even be in terms of salience that the consumer is talking about and so on 
a successful campaign also needs to be backed by the right resources and i have seen so many wonderful pieces of work which are terribly uh, you know inadequate on the resourcing behind them so consumers never even get to see those commercials you know so perhaps maybe i'll i'll share a brand like biba you know they have had fantastic work on in the women's space in the women's apparel space however many of their you know tvcs are are probably not very well amplified and that's a shame so successful campaigns of course have fantastic visuals fantastic story fantastic business results but at the same time you know because i'm a no bullshit marketer successful campaigns are also the ones which have enough and more resourcing put behind them by good leaders so that's what i would say wow that's i think a lot of insight it's it's been a great conversation anirban we've gone through so much we've spoken about your career your work your favorite campaigns and staying true to the name of the show which is real talk in 10 questions i am now coming to the last and final question which is what is that one advice you would want to give to all our listeners so if the listener is somebody who is young in their career and who wants to craft a career in the field of marketing or a career in general my advice would be be open to risks because you are still young till the time you are in your 20s and probably even early 30s that's the time you can take risks you are young you probably don't have family liabilities and so on be open to changes and don't worry life will find a way and life will take care of itself what i don't want uh, people to follow is you know being too conservative at the beginning of their career sticking to one you know being a specialist in a very narrowly defined space and not exploring themselves or the world outside now that's what probably makes me slightly worried because today in the day and age of you know post pandemic you need to be really a generalist and you need to find your uh, way around in a very very turbulent and you know uncertain world so that's that's what i would say to all the young listeners out there great thanks so much anirban um, so that was the end of our 10 questions thanks so much for being on the show anirban it was a real pleasure and i loved the interaction vinith it's so good to be connected with you after so many years this it's a fantastic initiative and if this is our way of doing our little bit for the community out there i'm so happy to be a part of this thank you so much vinith for calling me on for this one if you like this episode of the rel talk show don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast if you think this podcast would help someone else do share your support will take us a long way in reaching more listeners You can also stay in touch by subscribing to email alerts on www.reltalk.show.